Hey guys, so good to be with you and uh, I'm super excited about tonight. As Jonathan said, this is, uh, we're in our Holy Spirit series and this is a special that is uh, for young adults. And tonight we're going to be uh, looking at how can we be guided by the Holy Spirit? How can we be guided by the Holy Spirit? And I know there will be some of you that are mature, you've been on the road a little while with the Lord and you know how to hear the voice of the Lord, you know how to discern the will of the Lord. But I would also expect that there'll be many here tonight for whom there is much to learn. And also many questions about, God, where, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? What's next? Um, how, and how do you know? How do you know the Lord's will? And so that is what we're going to be looking at tonight. And um, I'm intentionally going to share some stories. I became a Christian when I was 17. If you've been around the church, you've probably heard me share my story. My, my family got ambushed by Jesus, and we all ended up getting saved. My mom first, then my sister, then me, then my dad. And um, it was a real amazing transformation in our, in our lives. But I wasn't brought up in a context of knowing that there was a God or knowing that God was real. And certainly not an idea that God wanted to speak into my life. So I remember getting saved and then beginning to just connect with this idea that actually God maybe had a plan for my life and maybe wanted to speak to me. But actually hearing his voice and working out how he guided me was like a, a really massive journey to begin to go on. And uh, I don't know if anyone, like, anyone identifies with like, th this will be useful to know, how does the Lord guide me? I mean, does anyone kind of need that? Maybe you're all sorted. Um, but but I, I thank God that he guides my life. And I believe that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, uh, but I believe he guides us in the big things, in the small things. I, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit wants to guide you. I know this is like really, really basic, but if you take nothing away uh, tonight other than this, take this away, that the Holy Spirit wants to guide you. And he wants to guide you in the big things, but he wants to guide you also in the little things. He'll guide you in your relationships. He'll guide you in your work. He'll guide you in your studies. He'll guide you in your behavior. He'll guide you in your finances. He'll guide you in your accommodation. In fact, he'll guide you in absolutely everything that you allow him to guide you in. The, the question isn't, is he attentive or is he bothered? It is, are you listening? It is, are, are you open? Do you want his involvement? Do you want his engagement? And maybe you're here tonight and go, I've never heard God speak. Like, well, okay, this is exciting because you're about to learn how to hear God speak. So why don't we pray and uh, ask the Lord to help us tonight. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are Lord. I thank you that you are present. I thank you that you come to us. I thank you that you're patient with us. And I thank you that you are here to help and you are here to steer and you're here to guide. And I pray that even tonight you be at work in our hearts, open our eyes. I pray, Lord, out of some of the stories that are shared of my walk, it would just help somebody be able to think, ah, oh, maybe that's the Lord speaking to me. And so come and open our ears and our eyes for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a handful of scriptures, firstly, um, John 16, Jesus, uh, Jesus is with the disciples and he says this, I, 
I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. So here's Jesus. He's talking to the disciples. He's not far from going to the cross. And it's like, oh, there's so much that I want to get across to you. There's so much you're going to need. But it's more than you can cope with right now. But he says this, but when he, the spirit of truth, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. When he comes, he will guide you into all truth. Can we say all truth? So, the, so Jesus is, I think Jesus is kind of saying, oh, my days, there's so much for you, but, but don't worry, because the Holy Spirit's coming. And everything you're going to need, you've got the rest of your lives, everything you're going to need to know, he's going to come and he'll guide you, not just into truth, but into all the truth. In Luke 12, uh, there's another time where he's talking to the disciples and, and he says, when they drag you into their meeting places or into the police courts. This is the message version before judges. Don't worry about defending yourselves or what you'll say or how to say it. The right words will be there. The Holy Spirit will give you the right words when the time comes. He's talking in a context of of persecution. But he said the Holy Spirit, he's going to come. He'll guide you in all truth. He'll even give you the words to say. Sometimes we can think, oh, God is so distant. I can't connect with God. But Jesus is saying, oh, the Holy Spirit, he'll, he'll even give you the words to speak. This is how close he's going to be. Galatians 5, and, and many of you will, will know Galatians 5 and the fruit of the Spirit. And, and Paul's writing to the church in Galatia, and, and he's saying, you know, the, the, the sinful nature, the deeds of the sinful nature are obvious. Keep in step with the Spirit, and, and this is the fruit of the Spirit. But I want to catch a few things here. Uh, he says, so I say, live by the Spirit. Live, live by the Spirit. What does that mean? Well, we're going to find out. But, um, but he says, I, li- I, I say, live by the Spirit. So the Spirit is to, li- is to be lived by. Let's just like capture that idea. Like who is the Holy Spirit? It's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is to be lived by. Live by the Spirit. That suggests to me that, that actually I'm, I'm to walk with the Holy Spirit. I'm, he's, he's right there. And he goes on to then you will not, if you live by the Spirit, you'll not gratify the desires of the flesh. And we have this wrestle in our lives. How are we going to win in that battle? Well, by living by the Spirit, by having Him alongside us. And, and, and excuse me, jumping, but, but he goes on verse 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, if you are led by the Spirit. So, so the Spirit's there to lead us and to, and to guide us. And then you're not under the law. And then he goes on. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual morality, impurity, debauchery idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, and so he goes on. And he says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, it's, excuse me, rushing, because I understand that, you know, th- these are verses worthy of us camping in sometime. But, but the point that I, I want to make here is, he says, those that belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step let's keep in step with the spirit so we're in a three-legged race with holy spirit but he's setting the pace you, you're not like when you're if i don't know if anyone's any rowers and any any rowers in the room not a one. Oh, joy joy you're a rower in the gym in the gym all right yeah, yeah. the rowing machine okay okay but if you're like it, it but if you're like in the, anyone else row in the gym? Okay, we've got a few more rowers, a few more rowers. But if you were to row like in a, in a group of eight, there'd be a cox. And, and, and the cox 
is the person, uh, normally like in, you know, in Olympic rowing, and like men's rowing, like these broad-shouldered, massive guys, kind of, you know, about, I, I'd be the cocks, right? But they, so they, you've got these big, broad-shouldered rowers, but then a, a little person who's kind of light, not weighing the boat down, but it's the cocks that calls the shots. You know, it's like, I, I don't know what they say, even, pull, or I don't know what, it, but they're, they're, they're counting the strokes that everyone's in sync. And I think it's saying here, like, keep in step with the Spirit. It's like, actually, we're in this. We're supposed to be walking with the Spirit, but he's the one who's saying step, step, step. So, so we've got this idea. The Holy Spirit is not, it is not to be distant to us, but somehow we have to learn how to walk that close with him that, that we're living out life with him. In Acts 13, there's two more scriptures just to, just to set us off tonight. Um, at the church in Antioch, there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manain, who'd been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, or ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I call them. This is a massive moment in the history of the church. Out of that prayer meeting, Saul and Barnabas, they get sent on the missionary journeys. The gospel goes to Europe. The, the gospel goes out into the world. This, this is a game-changing moment. In fact, the lens of, uh, of the book of Acts moves away from the disciples in Jerusalem, uh, really from here, and starts to focus on, on Saul becomes Paul and his journeys and what is happening here. But in the midst of the Holy Spirit said, well, well it's one of those places that you could use a little more information. What? Well, how did they know? Was it an audible voice? What, what did it sound like? Did someone hear first and everyone, or did everyone hear at the same time? It like, did someone say, I wonder if? And they kind of went, mm, I think that could be the Lord. Well I, well, I don't know, but we'll look at some of these ideas. How do we discern the will of the Lord? But we know this, that the Holy Spirit led them. And I want you to know the Holy Spirit wants to lead you in your life. He wants to guide you in your life. The might, you might be in the middle of doing something. The Holy Spirit wants you somewhere else. He can speak. You might be the, the, the biggest spiritual numbskull in the room. But he's almighty God. He can get your attention if he wants to. It's not a problem to him. He can appear in an angelic dream. He can come in person. He can wake you up in the middle of the night and be at the end of your bed. It's not a problem to him. He's the Lord Almighty. Acts 15, last one. The, the council of Jerusalem, the apostles are there. They're trying to work out. These Gentile believers have come to faith. And they're going, oh gosh, we're, we're all Jews. We've kind of lived under Jewish law. And what, what do we need to do? They have this big discussion. And, and then they, write, they agree on some stuff. And then they send a letter out. And part of the letter, this is uh, Acts 15, says, Therefore we're sending Judas and Silas to confirm by word of mouth uh, what we are writing. And they say this, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and us. Not to burden you with anything beyond the following requirements. And, and what I want us to understand here is that their conclusion was, not that the Holy Spirit had spoken, but there was a sense that this was good in God. The affirmation of the Spirit. That we should expect there might be times where we sense God speaking, but there are times where we just start, the Holy Spirit, hmm, it seemed right. It felt right. And we'll, we'll look at some of these thoughts and what they might mean for us. But I, I want us to get this idea really clearly that the Holy Spirit wants to guide you and lead you. I've got so many stories over 
35 years now of following the Lord. Like I'm not even a young adult in my years of following the Lord. I'm kind of, I'm getting beyond that stage. I've got so many stories I could literally keep you here for days of the Holy Spirit leading, prompting, guiding. I remember when we, when we came here to Coventry nearly 11 years ago, we were, we were happily settled in where we were in Nottingham. I was in ministry and church. Um, Esther, was, she was uh, mainly full-time mom and was doing some other things, and we were really happy where we were, minding our own business, just trying to serve the Lord. We had no aspirations to go anywhere. And I remember one time, like, seeing, like, we're part of Assemblies of God, and, and, and I saw a, a picture of the building project here in Coventry. I had never heard of CLM, didn't know this church. And something, I can only say, leapt in my spirit. There's a, there's a story where, where Mary goes to her cousin Elizabeth. Mary's had a visitation uh, by uh, the angel Gabriel, and, and, and she's with child, and she goes and visits Elizabeth, who's carrying John the Baptist. She's a, a few months further on in her pregnancy. And, and when Mary arrives, it, she says, Elizabeth says that, like, the baby leapt in my womb. Like, so when he heard the news, something happened. And it was a little bit like this. I saw this. I didn't know this church. But something, there was just a bit of a response in my spirit. And, and it's one of those things where I kind of, it just seemed unusual. I didn't think anything else of it. And a few months later, um, I got a call from the national leader of, of AOG to see if I would meet him for a cup of coffee. And so I, I agreed to do that. I mean, I, I knew, we, we knew each other. And he said, I'll oh, meet me in Coventry. There's, there's, a, there's a church. And I was like, all right, fair enough. I mean, he lived in Bristol. I lived in Nottingham. It kind of seemed like part way. Um, what I didn't realize is, like, he had just, like, taken the reins of leadership, like, the day before. And I came just for a coffee. I literally, and I came into this building expecting a cup of coffee. And, and I, I had the cup of coffee, and I had a tour of the building. And at the end of it, he said, look, I want you and Esther to pray about coming here and leading the church. And, and I said, like, what on earth are you talking about? That, that's ridiculous. I said, look, you, you've just become the senior leader of this church yesterday. <laughs> and, and this conversation, he said, look, I'm the national leader. I, like, I'm, I'm here bridging the situation. He said, I... And, and the truth is, he'd been trying to get me for six months to meet. And there's another kind of story behind that. And he said, from day one, I believed you and Esther were the people to come here. So I was like, okay, well, that's brand new information. So I remember driving home, praying. It's like, Lord, are you in this? It was, I mean, it was a shock. And I think deep down, I, I had a sense that we were going to need to come. And we're so grateful that the Lord brought us here. But in that moment, I didn't want to come. It wasn't like, oh, great. What a great career move. I, was like, I, I, didn't, I loved where we were. We were happy where we were. We, we had no aspirations to, to change. But, but in my spirit, I just, I had a sense. I remember like I drove around our, our little road um, when we, where we lived. And um, my, my two sons, who were young at the time, they were playing football in the, in the street with another neighbor, and, and I felt an, an impression of the Holy Spirit. I, I've learned to know it's the voice of the Holy Spirit, but it wasn't an audible voice. 
but I had a sense of the voice of the Lord saying to me, you owe it to your kids to move. Now, I thought I owed it to them not to move because they were happy. But I, and, and we began this journey and nobody knew. And then we got all these prophetic confirmations like people didn't know. There was this little old lady who prayed for us, prayed for me regularly. She, and like, she was an intercessor. She would spend three or four hours on a Friday praying for me with her prayer partner, Pauline. And yet, in all of that time, she never brought me a prophetic word. She just prayed. And yet, remember, two days before we were due to come here, this was like four weeks later, to, to preach on a Sunday and just to meet the church and progress this journey, she gave me a card. And in the card, she said, um, the Lord's about to open a door for you. She, she knew nothing. And, and so this is prophetic affirmation. I, I, got, I got back into my office after the Christmas holiday, and one of the team who was in Nottingham, one of my friends and colleagues, he said, Martin, I need to speak to you. And, and he literally physically grabbed me and he pulled me into his office and shut the door. I mean, I was, I was almost assaulted. <laughs> and I was like, what the heck? What's wrong? And I thought he was going to tell me something terrible. And he said, do you know about the church in Coventry? I hadn't said anything other than to my senior leader that was not him. And so, so I, I said, I just said, go on. And he said, there's a church in Coventry. They've just like built a, a, a building. I said, oh. Now I'd, now I'd been there like four weeks earlier. I'd, I'd been here. And we'd been invited to go. And I, but I just played dumb. And, and he said, well, well, anyway, he said, I went there just before Christmas. And I, and I stepped over the threshold. And in my spirit, he said, I, I sensed you and Esther. And he said, I, I, and they were halfway up this staircase. We've just come up. He said, we got up halfway up the stairs. I turned to my wife. And I said, what do you think? And she stopped. She said, I can sense Martin and Esther. They're connected with this ministry somehow. And he said, I need to tell you. And he started to cry. And he said, I need to tell you, we've been praying for you every day that God would open a door for you to go. We believe the Lord wants you to, to go. And I said, well, it'd be ridiculous at this point to not let you know we've already been invited. <laughs> and, and literally, it, it went on like that. And then we committed our decision to the Lord. And we said, Lord, give us peace. And then it went, come, it went like a mill pond for three weeks. And then we're trying to find a house. And I, and I could go on. It was, it was crazy. The Lord led us to the house that we're in. We ended up, the house got 40,000 pounds off the value of the house. It was beyond our ability to, to buy the house where we are. And, and the Lord leads us. But I want to bring us some foundational thinking as we think about how does the Lord guide us. And firstly, well, three thoughts here. Firstly, the lordship opens the door to leading. Lordship opens the door to leading. What I mean by this is if, if you truly make Jesus Lord, if you were to say to the Holy Spirit, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, he'll lead you. But if there are areas of your life or your whole life that's closed off, say, well, I want a bit of God in my life, but really I'm going to make all the decisions myself, you probably won't be led by the Lord. Because you don't actually want to be led by the Lord. And so he'll come and he'll, he'll knock on the door of your heart to see if it's surrendered. I can remember I, when I got saved, I, I gave my whole life over to the Lord. Well, I thought I'd given my whole life over to the Lord. I'd gone down the front, and in my heart, I'd prayed whatever, wherever, whenever. So for six months, I'd wrestled with the idea of giving my life to Jesus fully because I, I felt it meant everything. I was about to go to uni to study law. I wanted to be a hotshot lawyer, earn a million pounds a year, work in the city of London as a partner of a commercial firm. And I thought, this is a, a terrible career move. 
giving my life to Jesus. Because I could end up being a pastor in Coventry, you know. So, so it's like, but when I, when I saw the cross, when I got it, I remember pushing down the front, realizing how grotty I was and how magnificent he was. And I surrendered everything. But a little while later, I realized that there was an area of my life I wasn't open to him. And it was, it was if I was to marry, who I was to marry. I, I, I was like, like, I want right a veto on that one. I mean, seriously. There are some things that you need to be able to choose, right? And I was like, I, I don't want to give this to the Lord because who knows what he'll do. And I remember talking to, to my pastor about this. And he said, you have got such a perverted view of God. That's what he said. He said, you've got a perverted view of God. Do you, do you not understand this is your father who loves you and wants the best for you? And he knows what you like and he knows what you need. He knows what you want better than you do. What is wrong with you? I was like, I'm still not sure. But I remember coming to a place and go, okay, Lord, I put that on the altar. I remember in time Esther coming into view and I married up. It's like the Lord helped me. But lordship will open the door to leading. I also want to say this, that, that if your life is surrendered, the will of God will find you. We can be so concerned about, oh, am I going to do the will of God? Is this, where does God want me? I tell you, if your life is surrendered, the will of God will come and find you. What I mean by that? Like if, if you look in Acts 16, uh, there's this incredible story where, where Paul, he's off on his missionary journeys. He's just trying to preach the gospel. And then it says, the, we were stopped by the Holy Spirit from preaching in Asia. I mean, again, it's like, I, help me out. What, what does this mean? And then it said, we were stopped by the Spirit of Jesus from going into Bithynia. Now, what they wanted to do, they, they wanted to go into Asia to preach the gospel. But somehow there was a check. Somehow there was a stop. I don't know if it was circumstantial, if it was a check in the Spirit. But they record it. It's gone. The Holy Spirit wouldn't let us go. And then Paul has a dream. And in the dream, there's a man in Macedonia, which in, instead of going kind of northeast, is, is west. And so they have this dream, and, and he said, I shared it with the brothers, and we concluded that the Lord wanted us to go to Macedonia. Oh, well done, Paul. It's like, you know, I think if I had a dream from a man in Macedonia going, come over here and help us, because that was a dream. We kind of go, oh, maybe the Lord wants us to go to Macedonia. So they go to Macedonia instead. And they go to Macedonia, they go to Corinth, and they go to Philippi, and they go to Ephesus, and, and, and they go to Thessalonica. And oh, oh, so half the New Testament gets written, because actually the, the Lord wanted them to go, that way, not that way. And, and this is Paul. This is Paul who gets caught up in the third heaven. But the Lord broke in. His heart was open. They was just trying to preach the gospel. But the Lord wanted to go in a different direction. And the Lord made it clear. And I want to encourage you that the will of God will find you. The second thought of foundational thinking is his ways are higher than our ways. Isaiah 55, 8-9. My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither my ways your ways declares the Lord, as, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes I, I believe his agenda for you will be different to what you think it is. I have people, I, I used to be a student worker for many years, and, and I, I loads of people were like, come, and they're, they're wrestling, they just want to do the will of God, and it's like, oh, well, what am I going to do in my summer holiday? I've got different opportunities, and, you know, I, uh, like there's a project I can connect with in, in, in Walsgrave, or like I, I, can, I can 
go back home to, to Walsall, uh, Walsall and, and, and like be with my family and get a job. Or, or actually, there's a missions opportunity in Warsaw. And I'm praying, is it Walsgrave? Is it Walsall? Is it Warsaw? And I just, and I just, I don't want to get it wrong because I, I want to do what the Lord wants me to do. And I, I guess this sense the Holy Spirit going, you know what I'm interested in this summer? I, I'm going to deal with patience. And I can do it anywhere in the world. It doesn't matter. You, it doesn't matter. You can go anywhere. And I will put annoying people around your life. Because actually what I'm interested in this summer is something in your character. And, and I, I, I just believe sometimes, you know, we think it's all about something external and actually it's something it's about something internal you know often the Lord's doing more behind your back than in front of your face you think he's forgotten you and actually he's at work he's conspiring it's like Paul's in prison you know Peter goes into prison and he gets busted out by an angelic visitation Paul's in prison and he gets stuck in prison I mean he only wants to go and plant churches but the only thing he can do is write and so he's there, frustra- I mean, he must have been frustrated. I just want to go and look after the churches. I want to go and visit. I want to see if they're okay. And if they're all okay, I want to go and plant some more churches. I'm in prison. And all I can do is write. But the Lord was doing more behind his back than in front of his face. And don't you think if the Lord had shown up and said to Paul, okay, I'll give you an option. I can bust you out of here with an angelic visitation and you can go and plant some more churches. Or you can stay here and write some letters and they'll become what's called the canon of scripture. It will actually, the billions of believers that will follow will will read these words and he'd go, leave me here, leave me here. Because the Lord was doing more behind his back than in front of his face. I think sometimes that's happening. The third thought I want to bring us is obedience today is preparation for tomorrow. What I, what I, I mean by this is I, I think particularly when we're younger, we can have this idea of what's my destination? What's, what's my purpose? What's my destiny? What has God got for me? As if everything in your life is going to build up to some big pinnacle, which is the fulfillment of why you were born. Hello? And I do not believe that is how God works. He is interested in us being fruitful in every season. He has purpose for you now. Every bit as much he has purpose for you tomorrow. None of us can guarantee our tomorrows anyway. But I believe that, that we, can, we can get trapped. And we, you know, for Esther and myself, when we were young adults, we, there was a, a ministry came through our church that was talking about, you know, your purpose, your purpose, your purpose. And it became unhelpful. There's so many people in the church where actually they were, they were focusing on their purpose more than on the Lord. And Esther and myself, we, we started saying, we, we didn't allow ourselves to say, my purpose. We said, it's the Lord's purpose for me. <laughs> What is, the, what is his purpose for me? Because actually I need my eyes on him, not on my purpose. I want to go God of my purpose or my destiny or my destination. And what I've learned is this, that, that our obedience today, if we trust him today, if we obey him today, if we're fruitful today, if we find our purpose in today, and maybe today you're somewhere where you don't want to be and you don't feel you should be. God has got purpose for you even in that place now. He's fashioning things in you. There will be people that he wants you to reach even now in this place you don't want to be. I believe if you're fruitful now, he, he will move you to where you need to be when you need to be there. Obedience today is preparation for tomorrow. Let, let me jump on. Um, what does his voice sound like? 
I remember going to a youth camp as a, as a new Christian. I shared this on Sunday where I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And people were talking about hearing the Lord's voice. And I literally, I remember speaking to a guy at the end of a session going, like, I, I, like help me understand. Like, I, I've never heard God's voice. Like, how, what should I expect? I remember, like, he was really unhelpful. I can't remember what he said, but I remember just coming away going, that, that was useless. <laughs> just think, like, I am none the wiser. So what does his voice sound like? Well, five thoughts. Number one is his voice sounds like scripture. What I mean by that is the Holy Spirit will never lead you into something that is contrary to scripture. He's already told us to pay our taxes. So pay your taxes. He's told us to, to not have a hint of sexual immorality in our lives. So the Holy Spirit's not going to come against that idea. It's there already. The, there are many things. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. It's, it's there. It's in, the, it's in the scriptures. You know, if you feel the Lord tell you to go out and get drunk, I want to tell you it's not the Lord. I'm sure it was the Lord. It wasn't. I'll tell you, it wasn't. Thank you, Leanne. The Holy Spirit will never contradict Scripture. The voice of the Holy Spirit might also sound like peace, a sense of peace in your heart. Sometimes when we're trying to find his will, he, he might speak to you or he might lead you with peace. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ, can we say peace of Christ? Let the peace of Christ rule, this is such a brilliant word, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since of members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. The, the word, the Greek word, rabuno, for peace, it means decide as an umpire or arbitrate or make the call. Let the peace of Christ make the call. It lit, is a word that was used in, in Greek uh, games and athletics for, for the umpire, the referee. If you imagine a game of tennis and there's someone on the chair, the umpire, calling the shots, whether it was in, whether it was out. Let, that's, that's the word. Let the peace of Christ be the umpire. And many times in my life, I've, I've, I've had to put a decision before the Lord. Sometimes I've been praying about big things and, I've, and it's like the heavens are like brass. I don't know what the Lord's saying. And what I'd advise you to do if you find yourself in that situation is before the Lord, but without executing that decision fully, but privately before the Lord, make a decision and see how it sits. Because either the peace of God will sit on it or it won't. I remember I was, a, I was at university. I was coming to the end of my second year and, and I was praying about what to do the following year in terms of like who to live with and, and like housing wise for my final year. And, and, and the friends I was living with that year, I, I just, I didn't have a peace in my spirit that I should live. With. It was the obvious thing to do, but I, I didn't have peace in my heart. Do you, do you understand the spirit? There was just, I, I just, it just didn't feel right. And I'd learned to trust. I thought, the Holy Spirit, this isn't right. And so I, I kind of declined. I said, look, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. We'll make some different plans. And then I'm, I'm praying. I'm praying, okay, Lord, well, what do you want me to do? Like, who do you want me to live with? And I'm like, there was nothing. I, I couldn't sense that. And I thought, do you want me to live by myself? And, um, which I didn't really want to do. And I, and, and I thought, you know, maybe I, maybe I need to go back to a hall of residence. I don't know what I should do. And, and I remember 
I, I, and before the Lord, I thought, okay, well, I've got no other options. I'm, I'm going to go to a hall of residence. And, and, and then I felt terrible about that decision. I was like, oh, that can't be it. And it was like, it was for finding the Lord's will by trial and error. So I started to pray. I said, okay, well, if this isn't it, Lord, you need to help me find the right solution here. Remember the next day, I, I was on my university campus, and I, and I bumped into a, a guy that I knew from our Christian union called Archie. I mean, a really great guy. And we just, it was lunchtime, and I was like, hey, how you doing? So I'm good, just going to get some lunch. Said, oh, so I so we, we went, we got lunch together, just the two of us. And, and I said, oh, what, what, or he said to me, what are you doing next year? I said, I don't know what I'm going to do next year. So what are you doing? He said, I, he said, I, I don't know. He said, I'm, I'm praying for, for some people to live with. I said, so am I. And there was, just, there was a sense of the presence of God in that moment. And we said, should we make a decision to, to live together? And I, and I just, the, the sense that the Lord was there. And so there were two of us. And so I kind of said, well, you know, what do you want? I said, well, and we just chatted and we kind of agreed. Ideally, we'd find, we'd, we'd live in a guy's house with guys, Christian, like if there were another two Christian guys, that would be great. I remember like literally that afternoon bumping into two guys I knew who were in the year above one of whom was getting a job but staying in the area. The other was doing a master's. And, and, and they, they had a house. There were two of them. They had another two that were moving out. They were looking for two guys to come and live with them. And so it all fell into place. It was, and it was my best year. But here's the thing. The guy I had lunch with, um, it's called Archie Coates. He's just taken over from Nicky Gumbel. He's the vicar of Holy Trinity Brompton now. And, and one of the other guys got married to a girl that we knew who she's just been appointed the Bishop of Kensington. So 35 years ago, I've got ministry connections from 35 years ago because the Holy Spirit led me into a housing situation. I became best mates with Archie and, you know, now he's leading HTB. And so it's like the Lord was at work. But it was out of a sense of a losing my peace and then finding my peace that the Lord navigated me. And I couldn't say the Lord spoke to me but he led me. He guided me. You might have a job offer and you think, mm, is it right? Should I accept it? I don't know. Well, put it before the Lord. If you want to do it, put it before the Lord. And if it's, if it's right, it'll sit right, the peace of God. The Holy Spirit, it also sounds like conviction. And that can be a, a lack of peace over behavior. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you not only where you should go, but how you should live. The voice of the Holy Spirit. Uh-uh. I don't think so. Has anyone, anyone ever had the kind of, uh-uh, uh, no, 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 Martin? <laughs> or, like, or like, that was not good. And, and it's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You know if there's someone you know really well that you love and, they, and you upset them, you, you, can't, you, just, you can feel it. I don't say anything, but you just, oh, dear, that didn't land very well. It can be like you just on the inside, you think, oh, I think I've not pleased the Lord. And the Holy Spirit will speak to you through that, that sense. Last week, I, I, was, I, was, I was at the AG conference, and, and, and it, was it was a really, really great week. But on the last day, I, I had a conversation with somebody, and I was, I, was, I was candid with them. But in being really open with them about a situation, I, I just, you know, I came away, and I just felt I'd said more than I should have said. And I just hadn't been as honorable about somebody in that conversation as I should have been. And I was, it was out of, a, I think I went into it like just, just trying to be really open. But I, but I came away and I just, mm, I just didn't feel good. The conviction of the Holy Spirit. And I remember like getting on my knees going, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. 
I said, look, do you, do you want me to go and find that person and say? Because sometimes like, you have to go back. I go, I shouldn't have said that. Please forgive me. And I, I didn't feel I needed to do that. But it was an alert to me. Be careful. Be careful how you speak about this particular issue. And it was just a, the, the Holy Spirit. He's guiding me to walk right, to be right. High standards to live as I should live. It can sound like conviction. The, the voice of the Holy Spirit can sound like an impression. Something just in a thought, only you didn't think it. Something that, it's just an idea. Now, I, you'll understand I've never been pregnant. But, but, I, but in talking to ladies that have been pregnant, normally what, what happens, and, and, and if you've had a baby, like, let me know if you're right. Most people would, would say this. Um, and like Helen's expecting so I don't, Have you felt the baby kick? Okay, okay, kicking right now. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So, um, but normally what happens is when it's first baby and the baby first kicks, I'd, even if this isn't true, just pretend it is now. I've gone this far. Um, like, you, you're like, well, people I was talking to are like, I wasn't sure. It was like, oh, maybe that was, was that the baby? I think it might have been the baby. But I, I don't know, maybe it was, maybe it was wind. Maybe it was, I don't know, maybe it was something else. I, I, maybe it was pizza. I think it was the baby. But by the time you're on baby three, you'll, you'll be like, the baby's kicked. Because you know, you've learned. You've learned the kick of a baby. But when the first happens, you're like, I think it was. And I've learned it's like that with the Holy Spirit. Hmm, it could be the Lord. You know, when I was first a Christian, I, I used to, I wanted to learn to hear the voice of the Lord. So I would kneel by my bed and uh, at night and I would ask him to put somebody on my heart to pray for and I would just just try and, and sometimes someone would come to mind and I'd pray for them really simple and sometimes I'd let them know oh, I was praying for you last night and it was amazing how many times oh wow that's amazing because this was happening last night and I I just I started to try and learn and practice that that impression that sense that thought and there's so many times the Lord can can help you can can speak to you you know, I, I remember getting a, um, I was, uh, I, no, I'll, I'll say this, I'll say this a little bit later, I'll say this a little bit later. On the other side of, of this street, there's, um, there's a, the, you know, there's houses on, on Short Street. And um, there's, there's a guy that lives opposite that, like, he, he's got net curtains now. But last year, he didn't have net curtains. And often we've been here, and, I, and I'd see him in his, in his little flat. And I'm, my heart just went out to him. Like, there's, like, I see other people up and down this street, but there was something I felt burdened for him. And every time I saw him, I felt burdened for him. And I've ended up making contact with him and knocking his, he's also called Martin. He's been in that little flat for something like 15, 20 years, living by himself. And I went and I managed to make contact to him. He said, I've been thinking about coming to church. But he's a recluse. And, and it's one this interesting journey of just trying to draw him out and draw him in. What was that? Was the Holy Spirit speaking? Yeah, I think he was. I think the Holy Spirit was prompting me. Many different issues. Many different issues. I, I, I could say more, conscious of the time. The voice of the Holy Spirit, it might sound like an impression, a thought, an idea. It might also sound, lastly, like wise counsel. God will speak through others. 
In so much of the context of the New Testament, when the Holy Spirit spoke and guided, it was in, in a, a collective environment. It was good to the Holy Spirit and us. While we were ministering before the Lord and fasting, the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit said to us, we were together. And I think the Lord will speak to you through other people. And I think it's so important to, to be submitted, to be accountable, particularly on the big decisions. I mean, if somebody, if the Holy Spirit prompts you to give 10 pounds to a brother, just get on with it. You don't need to bring it to Jonathan. You know, was this right? Do you think I should do it? Just get on with it. Just bless them. It's not a problem. But if you think the Holy Spirit's telling you to move to Mexico and you've got no job and no place, it's like, bring it to one of your leaders. So I feel the Lord spoke to me, but I don't know, is, is this the Lord? I remember, um, you know, we still would be like that over major decisions. I remember before I got engaged, Esther and I had been dating. I remember going to one of my pastors and going, you know, I, I just, I just want to put this before you in case you're seeing something that I'm not. They say that love is blind. You know, I Susie. I'm just, I, just, I want to give you permission to speak into my life before I make the second biggest decision of my life. But I feel I want to get engaged. And, I, and he was like, thank goodness for that. It's like, what on earth have you taken so long about? No, seriously. And he was like, for goodness sake, get on with it. She's brilliant. And it was, but, but, it, but I wanted to submit it. The, the big decisions in our lives. We brought it to our elders, brought it to our leaders, brought it to a pastor, brought it to somebody to just say, we're thinking of doing this. We think God's in it. But can we just get your wise counsel on this? How does this resonate with, with you? I remember as a, as a young Christian, I, I started to, to go out with a girl who was not a Christian. And um, it was really strange because all of my Christian friends, except for one, said, oh, because I was very zealous for the Lord. Even they said, oh, you'll lead her to the Lord. She'll become a Christian. Now, she did become a Christian after we'd, we'd broken up. But there was one guy called Freddie who I prayed with. And when Freddie found out, he went ballistic. And he was like, li and he literally battered me with scripture for an hour. <laughs> Seriously. And, and, and he said to me, like, I, I refuse to pray with you until you deal with this and sort it out. And, and you know, I, I hated him and I loved him at the same time. Because through all the things that I didn't like and I didn't want to hear, I knew he was speaking truth to me. I knew it wasn't right. And I, and I, and I thank God for, for wise counsel. Okay, D time is running away. Just let me bring us into um, a final quick section on, on growing. How do I grow in sensitivity? How do I grow in sensitivity? Um, number one, I'd say this, practice yielding. The more you seek to obey the Holy Spirit, the louder and clearer his leading will become. And, you know, in the little things, in the big things, if you sense the Lord saying something to you, do it. If to encourage somebody to do something then, or to deal with something in your life. And you know what? If it wasn't the Lord but your heart was right, you'll just become more sensitive, more yielded, more open to the leading of the Lord. Just, just keep yielding and you'll find he'll speak. Number two, make space to listen. You know, I've, I've learned in my walk with the Lord to make time to be quiet and to listen. Not just to speak, but to listen, to be still and know that he is God. And often in those times, the Lord will speak. He might prompt me to send a message to somebody or to, to do something or something in my heart that he wants to deal with. 
And occasionally there have been things that are unusual but actually significant. I remember one time I was just made space to listen. This was probably about 20 years ago. And I was just in my quiet time, but I was still. And in that time, I, I just had this impression that there was an opportunity was going to come up. I, I just had this, this idea that, there was an that the Holy Spirit was trying to speak to me about an opportunity. And I remember praying and, and saying, well, like, when? Like, you know, there's an opportunity. I mean, what's that? An opportunity for breakfast? I mean, it's like, what, what is this? And I, and I felt that I just had this idea that in the next two weeks, there was going to be an opportunity. And that I needed to take it when it came up. And I remember saying, Lord, how, how will I know? And he said, you'll know when it comes up. I, I just, and I came away from that quiet time and, and I, I felt the Holy Spirit said to me, in the next two weeks, an opportunity is going to come up and you'll know it when it comes but it was through just, I had an initial idea and I just prayed and I, I waited a bit more and I got a bit more and I, I came away with that sense of clarity. Ten days later, I got a call from a friend who was about to go to Thailand who had a house in Nottingham where we lived and he also managed a house for his bro two houses that his brother owned. And, uh, and he said, look, I'm about to go for a year to Thailand. So I'm trying to find an agent to... Uh, to manage my houses. And he said, I've approached lots. I've got no confidence. And I've been praying about it. So this was a Christian friend. And he said, I've been praying about it. And I, I, I said, I could be completely wrong. But I felt the Holy Spirit say to phone you, like, do you want to manage my houses for a cut of the rent? And at that point, the Holy Spirit said, this is it. Like, I just, I, again, I had that leap. I had that sense in my spirit, this is it. This was the opportunity that he'd spoken to me about. And I remember saying to my friend, Rich, I said, look, out of courtesy, I'm going to speak to Esther, but I can tell you right now the answer is going to be yes because the Lord's already spoken to me about this. And we ended up, I ended up doing property management for 20 years on the side of ministry. I had eight houses on the go at one point, and it massively helped us, particularly when our kids were little financially. And the Lord got me into it just because I made space to listen. And thirdly, stay covered. What I mean by that is be accountable, be under authority. Allow what you're sensing to be tested and approved, especially in the big things. And trust your leaders. You know, when you speak for us here, we'll, we'll never want, we never want to control anybody. But we want to make sure you're stepping into the good things that God has got for you. So I wonder if we can stand together. Daniel, why don't you come and, and just help us? I've told a lot of stories tonight because sometimes I think it's through those stories that it can help us access how the Lord might speak. I don't know if we can just open our hearts to the Lord. I'd love to pray right now for, for any of you that right now feel like you've, you've got some big decisions before you. Maybe you're a little bit of a, of a crossroads or maybe there's, there's an, an offer and you don't know whether to accept it. There's just something where you feel like there's a big decision and I, and I would just love to pray for you that the Lord's going to lead you and guide you you're going to know and if that's you I just want you to raise your hand so I can I can pray for you great great Jesus Jesus I thank you for my brothers and sisters I thank you Lord that you are a God who leads you're a God who guides. I thank you, Lord, that you know, you know every person, you know every situation. 
I thank you, God. You know the end from the beginning. You know what the right move is to do in every situation represented here. And so I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would lead. I pray, God, through this process, there would be not only the right decision landed at, but there would be a learning process on the journey that would equip for tomorrow, that would begin to be part of a testimony. They go, I put this before the Lord, and this is how he led me. And I look back, and I know it was right, and, and I have something in my bank. So I ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would come alongside each one. And in whatever way you choose, you would bring clarity. But I pray, Father, that everyone would know. Everyone would know you're leading. Everyone would know that sense of what is right to do. Ever since many of you, you, you know deep down the right thing to do. For some of you, there's a, there's a component of faith. And I'll encourage you to trust the Lord. If you know actually the right thing to do, but it just feels a bit scary. It's going to be all right. He'll make provision. He'll undertake. Step out. Trust him. Follow his lead.